All right. Uh, good morning, everybody. Thank you for being here. I want to start off uh, by acknowledging what a tough loss it was for us this past weekend against the Titans. We had a chance to close out the game at the end, and we just didn't get it done, and that's going to sting for a little while. However, at this point, both the team and the entire organization are looking forward, and the goals that we set out for ourselves at the beginning of the season are still in front of us. Taking a step in the right direction starts with our game in Mexico this weekend against a division rival. Uh, we're looking forward to heading down to Mexico City and getting to play the Chargers in prime time on Monday night. That was Chiefs part owner, CEO, and Chairman Clark Hunt. He traditionally holds a news conference once during the regular season with local media, and that was today, Wednesday, November 13th. Welcome to Sports BKC, the Stars Daily Sports Podcast presented by Big O Tires. Colin and Sam Mellinger and Vahe Gregorian joined me, Blair Kirkhoff, to discuss what Hunt had to say. I thought his most interesting comments involved what future NFL seasons might look like in terms of a reduced preseason with an additional regular season game, perhaps at an international site. So let's hear more from Hunt, and then we'll take a break. And on the other side, we'll be back with Vahe and Sam. Are you sure the field is okay down there? Uh, we are sure, yes. <laughs> so so our, our field staff has been in contact with the league, who's been in contact with the representatives uh, in Mexico City who've been taking care of the field. Uh, it's a completely different field, and it's in much better condition than it was last year. Clark, you mentioned, I think, last year, the sort of the desire to make sure that the team played at some point in Mexico City. Can you just explain sort of the conversations between you and the league in terms of figuring out if this year was the right year and why you want to get back so quickly? I, I was hopeful that we would have a chance to, to go to Mexico City. I think all the international games are very important for the league, and they're also important for the Chiefs from a branding standpoint. Um, I frankly did not expect that we would be going to Mexico City so fast. Uh, it was not something that we lobbied uh, the league for. When I looked at our schedule, I didn't think it would work out from a scheduling standpoint. And I guess at the end of the day, the Chargers were willing to give up a home game to, to play down there, even though we're a division team. It's something that we've discussed for probably 10 years going back to the CBA negotiations in 2011, and it is part of the discussions uh, in this current round of CBA talks. Um, I do think it's something that the league needs to uh, seriously consider. I think reducing the preseason is something that everybody would be in favor of. Uh, replacing a game, uh, perhaps two, with one regular season game. And if you did that, you would have an odd number of games with 17. So one thought is that you could play at least some of those games in a neutral site, and obviously internationally is one place that we could do it. So it would give the league more inventory to play more international games. The league obviously voted for the offensive pass interference with being reviewed and defensive pass interference. What's your assessment of it so far as, as we enter the second half of the season? Is it working? Is it I definitely think it's a learning experience uh, for everybody involved with the league. Um, I've seen the, st the statistics that show uh, the 
very few times that uh, the coaches are being successful in their challenges, uh, particularly once we got past the first two games of the season. It doesn't seem like too many of the challenges are successful. Um, I'm sure that's something that will be discussed uh, at the end of the season. The competition committee will spend some time on it and probably make some changes for next year. Well, it's certainly a goal for us to grow our fan base. And when you have a successful team, that helps. And obviously, when you have a star player, uh, that also helps. Our family uh, was and still is with the Chicago Bulls, so we, we got to live through that experience uh, with, with Michael Jordan and see it firsthand. Um, that was a special time uh, for the Bulls organization. And Michael did a lot to grow their brand, not only nationally, but on an international uh, basis. And I, I think certainly, to some degree, Patrick gives us that same opportunity. Well, we're certainly excited about the opportunity to extend Patrick's stay with the Chiefs and hope that lasts his entire career. It's probably a little bit premature to be talking about a, a new contract. Um, everyone knows the first opportunity we'll have to re-sign will come at the end of this season. Um, but that's a decision that we'll have to make with his representatives, whether this is the right time or, or perhaps a year from now. Yeah, well, uh, I'll mention once again how excited we are to have the draft coming to Kansas City. It's something that we worked on as an organization, and also a lot of people in Kansas City uh, helped us make that happen. And it's going to be an incredible event, uh, maybe the biggest event uh, ever in Kansas City. So I'm really looking forward to it. Um, since the season got going, we haven't really been involved in any discussions about preparations. That's something that will probably kick up here in the next year or so. Yeah. Well, before he got hurt, I thought he picked up right where he left off, uh, not only in his play, but also in his, his leadership. Uh, pro he was probably in a better position uh, from a leadership standpoint, having had last year be behind him. Um, and really the team sort of galvanizing around him. I thought he did a great job during training camp uh, all the way early in the season. Uh, getting hurt is tough for any professional athlete. Uh, it's, it's hard to be on the sideline. It's hard particularly when, when you're a leader and you're not playing. I thought he handled that well. Uh, I think we all saw uh, what he did on the sideline to encourage his teammates uh, along, including uh, uh, going out and congratulating Harrison after he made that, that kick to win the game against Minnesota. So I, he's done a fantastic job. Um, I hate to say that we expect it at this point, point but we, we really do. He, he's a fantastic young man and a really outstanding leader. The league has had this uh, thing coming up this Saturday, I guess, with Colin Kaepernick having an open pro day, I guess, as it were. 
How are you guys going to handle that when you send someone to this workout? I haven't had a chance to speak with Brett about it yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if he sent someone because Brett likes to turn over every stone. We're in a pretty good spot from a quarterback standpoint with four on the roster right now, but uh, Brett does like to uh, be really thorough in his due diligence. You said a couple of years ago. So I, I read the release from the league yesterday, and I had not been part of any discussion with the league about that happening. So uh, I, was, I was probably as surprised as uh, anybody. Well, a couple of years ago, you had said that you wouldn't have any hesitation if your coaches wanted to have Colin be a part of the team. Was there ever anything, because you guys have signed some backups here in the last couple of years, was there ever any discussions at any level with the Chiefs with he or his representation? Uh, n not that I'm aware of, and it's not something that Andy or Brett ever brought to me. It's something I really can't speak to. I think every player in every situation is, is different. Um, I, this workout will probably go uh, part of the way towards answering that question, and that's probably why he and his representatives wanted to do it. We obviously had some level of comfort uh, with the information that uh, we received about the investigation and uh, uh, what Tyreek was doing to, to make himself a, a better man, a better husband, and a better father. Um, as we looked at the season, um, we thought it was important to try to get Tyreek done uh, early in the year. Uh, we were able to reach an agreement with his representatives uh, that rewards Tyreek for uh, the quality of play that we've seen from him over the last uh, three-plus years, but also one that protects the organization, and that was really what the, cat the catalyst that led to that getting done. wondering whether the organization's uh, philosophy about draft picks and particularly first round draft picks has changed at all. Yeah, well, I think you've seen uh, that Brett Veach is very aggressive and uh, he's willing to make moves, whether it's through the draft, through free agency, or through trades that he thinks will make us a better football team. Um, we certainly still value draft picks as an organization. Uh, I do believe over time that's the, the best way to, to build your football team, but it's also not the only way to build your football team. Uh, there have been ongoing discussions uh, with Chris's representatives. Uh, as I mentioned in the preseason, uh, we're very hopeful that we can extend Chris's contract and bring him uh, back to Kansas City for many years to come. He, he's obviously a fantastic player, a uh, great guy in the locker room, and we're glad to have him part of the Chiefs. You like what you see on the field this year with him when he was healthy? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think he's, he's played extremely well. Uh, he's uh, transitioned to the new defensive scheme, I think, very well, and uh, has been a part of the success that we've had in improving the defense. Pete asked you about the branding, like nationally and internationally. Yeah. Um, from a football point of view, how does <clears> that guy, like at that position, how does that change urgency or just the structure and stuff of how you build the team? 
well, I think it's no secret that in the National Football League, to win championships, you need somebody very special at the quarterback position. Um, we've had some outstanding players here over the years, um, but I don't think we've had one like Patrick Mahomes in a very long time. And so having him as the Chiefs quarterback really gives us an opportunity every year uh, to be competitive and, and hopefully compete for an AFC championship and ultimately a, a Super Bowl. Um, so I think it's really an exercise in building the team around him. That's sort of the mentality that you you have every year. Uh, he's, he's the centerpiece, and you build the team around him uh, within the constraints of the salary cap. Uh, it was an issue that we discussed uh, thoroughly, um, but at the end of the day, we left it to the doctors and our training staff. Uh, we're lucky to have uh, a great medical team, and we wanted them to be comfortable uh, with when he, he came back on the field. Uh, I think you guys spoke to him, and he mentioned that he wanted to get right back out there, including during the Denver game. Um, he felt he could have played against Green Bay and certainly – uh, Minnesota the following week, but our medical staff wanted to be more cautious with him, and at the end of the day, I think that was the right decision. During the Broncos game, when you, when, yeah, when you saw him get hurt at the Broncos game, and what was your just like roller coaster? Because it was, I'm sure they told you very quickly that there was nothing really wrong with his knee, but what were the just the first feelings <clears> you felt when you saw him laying down? Yeah, uh, it, it was probably like every Chiefs fan. I, I was in disbelief and very, very concerned. Um, you know, we were a long ways away from the field, and so I couldn't really see. But once uh, I saw some of the images on TV, you could tell something wasn't right with his leg, but it, it wasn't fully evident uh, what it was. Uh, so very, very concerned, uh, concerned that he was lost for the season and, and perhaps beyond that. Um, and uh, later on, uh, when we learned that it, it wasn't as serious, although we didn't know all the answers at that point because without the MRIs and so forth, they didn't know whether there was any additional damage. Uh, we did feel, feel better about that. I, I guess the one encouraging thing is as he was walking off the field, as he got closer to the tunnel, he started walking on his own. And uh, if it had been a significant injury, I, I don't think he would have been able to do that. A couple more guys. Like, I don't remember you ever being quite as optimistic of Boynich as you were this preseason. Mm -hmm. Obviously, things the last six weeks or so haven't gone exactly how anybody expected. What gives you the confidence that that optimism is still, is still founded? Well, I believe we've got an outstanding football team uh, with a great coaching staff. And... Um, I think as they continue to work better as we head towards hopefully a, a playoff opportunity, I think the team's going to continue to improve. Uh, I mentioned at the beginning of the season that one of the most important narratives this year was the improvement of the defense and how that, that took place during the season. Um, I, I personally didn't expect that we would start off with a finished product. And I've been very encouraged by what I've seen uh, this past week and not, notwithstanding. I do think the defense is improving. Uh, with Patrick back and now getting more of our offensive starters back, I think the offense uh, can be at least as good as it was last year, if not, not better. And you put that together, and that gives you a chance to win a Super Bowl. Clark, um, do you have a relationship with John Sherman at all? Have you been in touch with him you know, recently? About yeah, so I've known John for about 15 years. Uh, he's somebody I've gotten to know uh, through various business groups in Kansas City, somebody that I think highly of. Uh, I think the city is very, very fortunate to have somebody of John's 
uh, character and somebody who loves the city as much as he does buying the Royals. Um, we've had a few conversations about it. It's obviously not official uh, yet, but uh, once it is, I'm sure we'll sit down and, and talk with him, given that we're going to be neighbors here at the sports complex. Last one, Karen. You have a great medical staff, great training crew. They're wonderful. But do you get concerned <clears throat> you see all these injuries? You ask the guys, like, what's going on? Do we need to do some changes or whatever? Because you guys have had so many injuries, more than I can remember in recent years. Uh, we, we definitely have had a very tough year, uh, particularly if you look back over the last five or six weeks. We've played a lot of these games without as many as six starters, which is very difficult. Um, I, I have tremendous trust in Rick Burkholder and, and his staff, and they do a good job. And I think if you asked uh, our coaches or the players themselves, they'll tell you this is as fine a medical team as you can have in the National Football League. I just think sometimes that you literally have, have bad luck uh, with injuries, and sometimes you, you have good luck. Uh, when you have good luck, you assume it's because you're doing some things right. And when you have bad luck, you start looking for some reasons why it may be going the other way. But at the end of the day, I just, I just think it's uh, a cycle we're going through, and hopefully we'll get out of it in time for the playoffs. Big O Tires is rolling out Black Friday deals now through December 8th. Get limited-time Black Friday savings on oil changes, brakes, car batteries, and more. You'll also save big on tires. How big? Buy three select tires, get one free with paid installation, including brands like Nitto and Cooper. Get four tires, but pay for only three. Right now at Big O Tires, during Black Friday deals only through December 8th. Interest-free financing available, too. For your nearest participating location, go to BigOtires.com. Hey, it's Blair. Hey, we have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners. Unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns we have to offer. And it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. For your convenience, your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. A lot of subscription services won't tell you that. They'll just sneak it on there. We just told you. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. So that was Clark Hunt, Chiefs CEO, and some interesting stuff there, I thought. To me... You know, look, we, we know we, we've known that um, that Chris Jones is they've been talking to Chris Jones for a while. And um, and we know he wants Patrick Holmes back and in chief's uniform. for the rest. <laughs> There's some, you know, some, some not so kept secrets here for uh, but but questions that needed to be asked, because unlike some other owner types, uh, we get Clark Hunt once a year during the regular season. Let's, let's start there, actually. Look, I don't expect Clark Hunt to be Jerry Jones and be in the locker room after every game, but it kind of would be nice to have the you know, the owner of, of the franchise to be available more than you know once at midseason, and then maybe what three times during the year. It's basically uh, it's training camp. Uh, it's usually sometime around the middle of the season. It's when and if they clinch a playoff spot, and then. What, what's the other one? Um, there, he does it at the Super Bowl. Does he, he talk to, to the, the whoever, Super Bowl? Yeah, whoever travels to the Super Bowl. And that might be it. Everyone, you know, like, you know, if there's something going on, like um, when he had been the owner for for 10 years, um, you know, I got 
15 minutes with him or whatever. Um, but he stays quiet. And I think some of that is, is just his natural personality. Uh, he's not a gregarious guy. Uh, I, I don't think he really, I don't think he's comfortable um, in that role. I don't think he likes it. Um, I don't think he cares about it all that much. Um, and it, it's, it also fits his leadership style. Uh, he's a delegator, you know? Um, I, I think he sees his role um, as not just caretaker. That, that sounds like he doesn't care about it as much, but it's more, I'm gonna hire football people and then I'm gonna let those football people make football decisions. And I will be a sounding board and I will ask them questions to make sure about their thought processes and stuff like that. But I'm not here to decide like what play we're calling on second and long or whatever. Um, and so I, I think that all goes together and that's why he's a little bit quieter than I think a lot of owners. And in fairness, I should say that when, when there has been uh, a need for him to speak, I'm thinking Tyreek Hill, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, Marcus Peters, you know, the, the, the anthem thing mm -hmm. uh, a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. We did, he did talk. You know, mm -hmm. I remember it was outside the locker room at one of those games a couple years ago with Marcus Peters. I don't know if that was the scheduled midseason. It, it was. I think that was the one in Dallas. It was Dallas. in Dallas, as yep. it turned out. Uh, okay. And I think it was, but, it, but look, the timing he didn't But the timing was okay. It. Yeah, yeah. One, one quick, and to your point, in fairness, I mean, certainly a, a gentleman, right? I mean, and, and for sure. And, uh, you know, pleasant, but not not warm. I mean, you just don't feel like you ever really get a chance to get inside. And the thing I wanted to mention just just briefly in this is, it's hard to understand what the strategy really is in some ways. The four instance I was going to give was being in Canton for the Hall of Fame this year, and basically not being allowed to talk to Clark Hunt, and actually being told by the Chiefs at an event for Johnny Robinson that the Clark's toast was off the record which his was toast, silly. Toast was off the record. Toast was off the record, but that also uh, I, wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't allowed to talk to him about his two players, the players from his franchise going into the Hall of Fame. Just seems self-defeating and, and silly. Um, now, part of this was also, that, and this is a longer discussion sometime that I have no business going into right now, but I am. Um, I, I, part of that was that the Chiefs wanted to save the toast to release themselves. So the dilemma of off the record versus we want to release it ourselves was a little confusing to me in the moment. And I didn't feel like engaging in a big discussion with poor Johnny Robinson's son standing right next to me. Um, just wanted to see his dad be honored. So I just stepped back and didn't, didn't use the toast. <laughs> it should be, I think it should be known that, Vahe, you were um, a, a force in rekindling the Johnny Robinson into the yeah. Hall of Fame yeah. campaign with uh, with a trip to Louisiana at his home. And um, you certainly, at the very least, created an awareness or, or, or at least rekindled an awareness of, of Johnny Robinson. And lo and behold, he, he was voted into the Hall of Fame by the, by the Veterans Committee. Absolutely. Well, I... It, I, want, I I did begin to take it personally once I got to know Johnny. I just felt like this is unjust and, and what, a, what a great man. And, and, but, but I do want to say with clarity that uh, a guy named Todd Tobias, an AFL historian, mm -hmm. kind of planted the thought out there um, and started to you know, gather, gather forces for it. And, and I was you know, in a fortunate position to be able to try to amplify it. You know, you're right. The, the, the whole idea of, um, you know, a chief's moment being, um, I don't know the, the best way to describe it, but, um, 
you know, contained to a chief's release, a chief's, you know, media release, um, that, that, that is, you know, let, we'll let the journalism schools discuss that. We, none of us like it, of course. Um, but it is, you know, it is part of the, you know, the, 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 the duties these days. It's part of the job that you have to confront ideas like this. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. but that, that's not what today's about. We're, right. we're, we're talking about, uh, what Clark Hunt had to say today, and I, I thought going through, um, you know, some of his thoughts that the the shape of future NFL seasons is really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Number of regular season games versus number of preseason games. He's going to have a, a say on this and an influence, I think, on on how NFL seasons uh, unfold. And I, I think I think everybody's in agreement that we're going to see fewer preseason games and maybe. Uh, more regular season games. What, what, what were his, th- his thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think he is um, not uniquely positioned, but um, interestingly positioned on this because, you know, he's in the circle of trust with Roger Goodell and, you know, it, he's in kind of a smaller group of owners that, that have some influence. He's also, um, and now I can't remember, is he still chair of the international committee? He, I, I he don't was know if he still point. is, but he, he certainly and, has been at a key time in, yeah. its, in, its, in its work. And, and the international games have worked, you know. Um, nobody likes it when their teams give up home games for it, but as, as a revenue-producing uh, mechanism, which is basically all the NFL cares about, uh, it's, been, it's been a wild success. And, uh, and he was asked by a charming sports writer today, he was asked uh, how he felt about, you know, there's been talk of, of knocking off two preseason games and then adding – a 17th game that would be internationally. And, and he basically like, and I've told you guys both this off air, but, uh, you know, Clark Hunt is just so monotone and, and even, and, and, you know, doesn't give you much that when he just gives you a crumb, it's like, Oh my God, like he feels strongly about this. And he seemed to feel strongly to me. What, what he said about that was pretty much, yes, I, I want, I want this to happen. It'll be part of, um, the, the upcoming CBA negotiation. I, I believe the CBA is up after next season. And um, what's interesting to me about that, though, um, is that this is the this never happens. The NFL players never have leverage, and I think they have leverage in this one particular part because the owners have made it known, at least um, some some influential ones like Clark and others, that they want to add a 17th game. They also need to at least pretend to be, uh, you know, to to care about player safety. The players know this. So, okay, adding a 17th game, you better knock off two preseason games. I think they can get an extra buy out of it. And and I don't I don't see any reason why they shouldn't. I don't know how the math would work, but I don't know any reason why they shouldn't try to get a higher percentage of the revenue from that 17th game. If they're the ones putting their bodies on the line. Would, would that, in that model, sorry, Blair, um, but in that model, trying to think about how that would shrink wrap or not shrink wrap the whole season, from the start of the season, if there were just two preseason games, would it, would it call for a shorter camp? I don't know. Um, I, don't, I don't know how that, those mechanics would work. Um, I wouldn't think so, because um, I don't think the, the purpose of camp has never been to prepare for those preseason games. Right. Um, you know, but maybe I don't know. Um, I, I don't think it would. What's in, another interesting part of that is what it does to just the schedule, as far as you know. Um, so you're you're actually like taking away a game in, you know, 
It's twenty. It's uh, twenty games now. Yeah. Right. Four preseason games and sixteen regular season games. Yeah. We're talking about a nineteen game. Yep. Yep. Season. So would you want to keep the same Super Bowl like on the back end and you know and I, I think that they like starting the season that first week of September. I think there's something about yeah. you know sort of that week that they like the regular yeah. season. So then if if you if you keep you know that that Thursday night opener and the Sunday night game that they want to have you know kind of marquee events for the league, uh, it actually works out on the back end because if you do add a, another buy, um, now the Super Bowl is the Sunday before President's Day, which you know gives everybody the the Super Bowl long, Monday hangover long weekend holiday uh, that, that a lot of people, including me. Um, have wanted for a long time. So, I mean, it, it would change the schedule. I mean, just the, the way that our rhythms work in sports, right? College basketball would get nudged out. They feel for squeezed. Another, yeah. there, there, there'd be a squeeze on college yep. basketball, and, for sure. And I actually think, I mean, there's a whole different conversation in a different show, perhaps, but um, it, it wouldn't hurt to, I think there's some advantages in pushing college basketball back. Oh, brother. <laughs> yeah, you well, you're uh, preaching this, to the choir on this, yeah. Right, a college basketball season started earlier than ever this year. Yeah. And and you can tell how early college basketball season started by the quality oh my gosh. of the games that we've yeah. seen so far, the Been sloppiness of, of these games. I, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested in the idea of the 17th game being an international game, uh-huh. which means you know nobody's given up a home game. Yep. And everybody's going to have to go to Mexico or London or Toronto, wherever. You know, where, that, that the places where the NFL has played these games before, Berlin, who knows? What he, the, he mentioned Berlin. He mentioned China. Um, did he mention Tokyo? I think he, I think he mentioned Japan. I, I, I know that there have been preseason games in, in the Chiefs have played in Tokyo um, yep. back in the 90s. I don't, China, I don't know. I don't think so. But anyway, that's, I, I also like the idea of now every team has to participate in yeah. one of those, not just the Jacksonville Jaguars every single year. <laughs> you know, we're the Chiefs this year going to Mexico City. So, um, you know, you can probably, with, with the extra bye week, you can work that into teams coming back from a European uh-huh. or, or Asian trip yep. and being off that next week. So uh, I think there's a lot of sense to be made of this. There you know, is. We don't think about football the same way as we maybe do about baseball, about the uniformity of, of statistics and how, how that mm-hmm. um, affects whatever it's home run numbers or whatever you want to think of it, the football equivalent would be. Is there anything damaged, do you think, by, by that or so what? I mean, that we don't know what 50 touchdown passes means in a 17-game season. You know what's weird? I, I feel like I'm um, kind of a sap and a traditionalist in a lot of ways with baseball and not at all with football. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, those numbers, you know, whatever the, the quote-unquote steroid era, you know, did to home run records and some numbers in baseball, uh, I think the, the same thing has happened in football times 10. You know, like I, I already don't know how, how can you compare – you know, Patrick Mahomes' passing statistics with Lynn Dawson, for instance. You know, I mean, the, the game has changed already so much. I don't um, I don't know. Maybe some people would, but I, w- I wouldn't see that as a big deal. And I, you, part of what you said made me think of this, I, and probably applies more to Blair and me than you just because of our ages, but, I mean, maybe because we've already lived in the shift from 14 to 16 yeah. in our lifetime, it's sort of like, oh, well, it's, it's nothing's uniform anyway. Yep. Right. You know? No, that's right. Yep. Um, Anyway, I, I, to me, that was the most interesting thing mm-hmm. that I heard today from Clark. Me too. And, and because it has a – everything else we talk about are, like I said, uh, c- contracts of players, 
Um, what else is he going to say, right? Yeah, I mean, we, we know that they're talking to Chris Jones. Yeah. We know we know um, they want Patrick Mahomes in a Chiefs uniform for the rest of his <laughs> Yeah, that was a revelation. Yeah. Uh, you know, somebody asked him about Tyreek Hill, and he, he basically said, uh, and, and as far as the contract, and he basically said, you know, we we had more information. You know, we were comfortable with the information we had, something like that, and we wanted to find something that rewarded him for how good he is but still protected the team. But that was kind of what was said at the time. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was just... It's weird. I mean, it's not 2012. Like, um, you know, the the midseason address from Clark Hunt in 2012. God, you know, he, I wasn't that, covering the team, but that there was gruesome. There was a lot of stuff to go over. You know, I could have got four columns out of that I was one. Say, that was before Javon Belcher. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, this one, it's, you know, yeah, they, they want to build around Patrick Mahomes. They want to win more games. You know, like it's just it was it was pretty pretty steady. All right, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk more about the Chiefs tomorrow from Big O Tires, this one in Olathe. But let's, let's, let's just uh, spend a minute. Uh, it seems to me that the lingering uh, question from the Tennessee game was the third and two call. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've, I've just heard a lot of opinion about it. I don't know what to think except, you know, Maybe, maybe once in a while, the, the play-calling genius that is Andy Reid, and he is. He absolutely is. For sure. Uh, schemer, d- designer, game planner, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, maybe you know, he doesn't call the right play at the right time every single time. And I think this may have been an example of that. I agree. Um, yeah, I mean, with everything that you said, I think that um, yeah, this may be like too far into the weeds. I think he's, he's an absolutely brilliant uh, play designer. Um, as a play caller, I think he's very good. You know, but I, I, think, I, I, think I like the distinction a, there. I think there is a gap yeah, there. Yeah, it's a great distinction, um, actually. I, uh, look, like the disclaimers with that third and two call include they iced the Baltimore win. Um, and that was a third and nine third, or third, third and, and ten. Eight. I think it was third, third and eight. Third and eight. Um, and it went 14. It, it was that, that screen to the right side to Daryl Williams. To Daryl Williams. And, um, and that was similar to this call. And they've and they've run a similar play to this before and, and had some success with it. Um, so and and also like let's just admit this right up front. Like if if the play worked, we're talking about something else right now, right? Oh, for sure. Uh, but I didn't like the call for a few reasons. One, um, they were running the ball really well, and I thought that the same way that the Chiefs were gassed, the Chiefs defense was gassed on their last possession. I thought the Titans were in a similar situation. They're just mm-hmm. physically, it looked like body language that they were gassed. They they had run the ball with some success. I thought they could have got it you know, running the ball. Um, and, but the other reason I didn't like the call is it was basically a one read. You know, he, he was taking all the Chiefs' advantages he was taking off the table because now Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Watkins wasn't in the game. It was Demarcus Robinson, Damian Williams. Um, those are all decoys now. And and Patrick Mahomes is not allowed to use his athleticism to make a play like he did on a third down earlier when he kind of shimmied around and found Demarcus Robinson for that play. You guys remember yep. that one? Yep. Um, and it was just it was a one read. If if I'm right about the play call, it's going to work. And if I'm not, it's got no chance. Kind of thing. That that's the other part that I didn't like because once Tennessee covered Blake Bell and didn't fall for play, it, play was over. That play had no chance. Yeah. I, nothing really to add there. I mean, I think it's I think it's a totally legitimate criticism that it wasn't just wasn't a great play call. Um, it's been very interesting to see what they've had happen late in games, right? They don't go for it fourth and three against the Packers, never get the ball back. They do go for it fourth and one against the Colts. I'd, I'd say you could call that kind of an uninspired 
play call, but you know maybe if Cam Irving blocks blocks Justin Houston, it's a, a better yeah. play call. Um, and then this, so it, you know the interesting part about it to me is in the end it had the same effect as a run stopped, right? I mean, it yeah. wasn't disaster, but it was not really grabbing the opportunity. It was sort of backing into eh, maybe we can do it this way instead of being a little bold, and maybe maybe that hurts them in the in the long run. You know, it still uh, forced forced uh, the Titans to use their last time out. Um, they were still in field goal range. Still 61 yards away. They were still, in, yeah, the Titans were still 61 yards away if you don't make the field goal, which, of course, they didn't make. Um, and so didn't drive me nuts. But, I mean, you just thought, eh, where's that brain power? I, I want to, you know, go full harness on this and see what you got. Yeah, I mean, I, I always, um, I've said this before, but sometimes I think about, if you're on the other side, what do you hope happens? And if I'm the Titans, like, man, I hope they like try to get the ball to Blake Bell or something. <laughs> as as their yeah. only option. <laughs> yeah, Bell right. Only yeah, option right. On that yeah that, be, that look, would that's be, a great way to frame good it. for us. Yeah. All right. We'll uh, we'll have more to say about this on Thursday. At uh, as I said, from from Big O Tires, when we'll be joined by Herbie Tiope and Sam McDowell. For now, Sam Mellinger, Vahe Gregorian. Thanks, guys. We'll talk thanks, to you tomorrow. Thanks, Mike. Links to Chief stories can be found in the show notes on KansasCity.com and on the Red Zone Extra app. Thanks to producers Derek Donovan and Leah Becerra for putting together today's episode. And hey, Matt Okonga, thanks for the shout out in the comments section on Apple Podcasts. Really appreciate that. We'll be back on Thursday for another episode of Sports BKC, where we talk sports in Kansas City on a daily basis.